Chris Hayes and Lindsay Tomlinson. Chris Hayes is a second grade teacher at Washoe County School District in Reno, Nevada, and has been teaching for more than 20 years. As a core advocate with Student Achievement Partners, she has worked on the Basil Alignment Project, the Read Aloud Project, the Text Set Project, and core advocate training. In her own district, she teaches in-service classes and is currently creating document-based questions to go along with the core knowledge curriculum for second grade. Lindsay Tomlinson is the principal at Bailey Elementary School in Las Vegas, which enrolls 930 children. She helped bring the Read Aloud Project to Clark County after participating in its early development. She is a core advocate with Student Achievement Partners. Ladies, welcome. Thank you. Thanks. We're here to talk about uh, early literacy and literacy in the classroom in the elementary schools. Ladies, can you talk about having been in the classroom, in and around the classroom, for many years? Can you talk a little bit about some of the trends that you have seen in the past five years in schools as a result of the standards movement, for the higher standards? Chris, will you start? Yes. For me, the standards has been like a reinvention of my teaching. It has invigorated me and made me feel like finally, after all of the trends that we've come and gone through, we're finally on the right path for kids. So the biggest shift for me was instead of me doing all the work, me taking on what the kids need to do and trying to help them, that shift to the kids and making them grapple with the ideas, do the learning, and become independent thinkers. Would you say that's less work? It seems to me like in some ways it's more work on the teacher. On the teacher's part? I would just say it's different work. So before, my preparation would be thinking about how I could help the kids what I could do, or even silly little, you know, cutting and pasting, I've been in primary. So a lot of work around topics and not deep dive into content. So now my work for preparation is me developing my own content knowledge around math, around ELA, and other topics that I present to them. Lindsay? I have a little bit different scenario than Chris. Um, I did start five years ago. I was in the classroom at that time. So when Common Core rolled out, I would say that um, making that shift as a teacher was a very, very hard adjustment because you went from, you know, using, we were using a basil and having, just using questions that took a lot of personal knowledge from kids. And then making that shift to making sure that they're using more text evidence and, and digging into the text and making the text the center of everything that they do. So that was a big shift as a teacher. And then after that year, I actually became an assistant principal and moved up to be a principal. And I would say watching Common Core evolve and watching education evolve over the last five years has just been like amazing to see happen. Um, I think it's taking a little, um, you know, taking teachers and giving them a little push to help them get away from what they were doing. Um, they were kind of set in their ways and, and everybody gets comfortable with that and I think right now it's challenging us to look at it in a different way. Look at it as we're here to teach more about the text, more about background no- or about knowledge in general and I think that's just stepping you know, it's it's challenging for teachers to want to do that. And so I think as an administrator, one of the most important things in the last five years that I've known is that I have to stay on top of what's going on currently with the trends, and I have to be an instructional leader, and I have to be willing to work with the teachers and work with students. And I think Chris kind of stated it, like, it is kind of 
the teachers are kind of having to step back and be facilitators in the classroom now rather than it's all them doing the talking and all the teaching. So I think that's one of the biggest shifts and I would say that's one of the biggest trends that we're constantly still working on right now. And I would add that it has created a disequilibrium for teachers in accepting that some of our practices were not what was best for kids and we have to rethink the way we deliver instructions to, instruction to kids um, in a different way. And that causes some trouble for teachers to accept that maybe what we weren't doing was the right thing to do and this change is important. How has this changed? I mean, we've all been in the education field long enough to have heard and to have seen that, you know, what's old becomes new again. You know, mm -hmm. just wait, just wait, this will pass, mm -hmm. this too shall pass. Is this situation with the standards different? And how so, if it is? I think that it is different. I think, though, that it's here to stay, and I think that's a, something that we need to make sure that we are accepting and making sure everybody else accepts that. One thing that I, I think is different about it is, is before we were given standards, and the standards were just a million different things that we had to make sure we teach in a year. And then the next year they would learn a million more things. And so I think what the standards have done, and I think we need to accept, is that we're taking this group of things that we need to learn and digging deeper with them and making sure that we're um, digging as deep as we can and instead of going wide, 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 we're going deeper with all the knowledge that we have. So I think with the trends in the past and going around and coming back around, I think this one is probably going to, people are always going to say it's here for a little bit and then it'll be something new, but I think if people really look at the standards and understand what they are, they see that, that sequence and that, that building from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade to see why we need to do it. We need to get them ready for, students ready for college. They're not ready. And, and we have lots of research that shows that. So I think if we do what the Common Core State Standards ask us to do and we sequentially do that every year and, um, and help our students, that eventually we will get to that that point of students being successful in college and and hopefully it will stick around and and we can you know show that what we are doing is best for kids many people are linking the higher standards and the consistency within the standards to a required national curriculum or they're thinking that the standards are a required national curriculum and they're also thinking that the standards hinder the creativity of the students and of the teachers chris can you speak to that at all can you What's your response to that? Absolutely. Um, it hasn't hindered my creativity or my students' creativity in the classroom. In fact, it has given them a stronger basis to have opinions about things. So when we are creating that deep thinkers, good readers, good writers with strong knowledge base, they are able to speak to a broader variety of things than my students have ever been able to. It makes me think that the link to the national curriculum is almost laughable, not required, and I've heard often that the whole reason the public education system began was because we wanted to create um, good citizens for our country. And to me, this, this movement, this standards movement, movement is bringing us back to that. So it's not just this list of skills that we need to have kids no to move on to the next grade like we are purposely trying to build good citizens for our country what constitutes a good citizen for you, when you as a, 
Um, a good citizen for me is somebody who has a strong knowledge base and can form opinions and think for themselves and can support themselves and contribute in a positive way. Right. There's a lot of concern about the standards being too difficult and moving the standards into the system, the education system, in such a way that they're not just starting in kindergarten, they're starting midstream. So fifth graders are, sixth graders are hit with these uh, expectations, these higher expectations that they haven't necessarily had time to build up to. Same as, you know, a concern with at the high school level. What do higher standards look like for students who struggle, especially with reading? What does that look like in the classroom? Well, what I feel it looks like in the classroom is um, students grappling with harder text, but it's they're supported by the teacher. So I think um, if we can't keep giving students materials that are not um, at a higher level so that they, we need to be preparing them for college is basically what we need to do. So in order for us to do that, even with students that can't read or students that are struggling with any type of concept, we need to provide them the material that is on level but support them with that. And I think that's one of the biggest changes is we are not, um, for lack of better words, dumbing things down anymore. We are making them at their level and providing the scaffolds and supports to make sure that students are successful with them. For example, you know, kids are going we want kids to go to college. They're going to be exposed to these texts in college. So we need to make sure we've taught them ways to look at a text, dig through it, call out all the information that they need. So I think um, instead of lowering standards, what the Common Core State Standards are doing are pushing them to try to meet these standards. But we also need to realize there are going to be students that are going to struggle, and we need to provide them those supports necessary. With anything that we do, we have to provide them. So that sometimes you know, is differentiation, that's scaffolding, that's remediation, whatever we need to do to make sure students are meeting the needs of the Common Core State Standards. What about the kids who aren't going to college, because, or, or who are going into a vocation, who are going into training? Uh, are these standards necessary for them? Absolutely. Um, it's are The standards are for everybody, whether they decide not to go to college at all, whether they decide to go in the military, whether whatever they're doing, these are life skills. You know, the standards ask us to have speaking and listening standards. We know how to, we have to be able to speak. We have to be able to listen and respect others. Um, we have to be able to read a text. We have all of these things are required no matter what profession you go into. Uh, specifically, I mean, think of our lives now. We are so based on everyday reading emails, reading text messages, that stuff is communicating and we need to make sure that we are doing it appropriately. So that's kind of what the Common Core State Standards are asking us to do, is be ready for whatever we do after high school, whether it's a job, whether it's um, college, anything that we decide to go for. And as a classroom teacher, I don't think it's my um, role or even my place to decide who's going to college and who is not going to college. Um, I need to give everyone equal access to this text for them to decide. All right. Can you tell us about, Chris specifically, or have there been any successful, really successful moments that have kind of brought home the value of the standards in your teaching experience? Yes, all the time, every day. Um, every day I am having aha moments um, in math, in reading, in building knowledge. Um, the expectations 
that these kids can do it are brought home to me when my little guys who struggle with reading contribute during knowledge discussions around complex topics. Um, when we are going deeper with math and I'm having them explain their answers, it's every day. It's every day I believe more and more strongly and this is what we're doing is right for kids and right for all kids. Everyone, everyone has the right to the opportunity to learn these complex ideas. Lindsay, do you think that the implementation of these more rigorous standards has changed teachers' perspective on the capabilities of children in general? I mean, obviously it has for Chris, although I don't know. You probably always had high expectations. Yes, and, and that's very interesting that you say that. As Chris was talking, I had all these things going through my mind of what something successful meant to me or what it looked like in my school. And it came down to walking into a classroom and thinking about what the kids would be doing. with the. So that would be something successful. When I walk into a classroom, seeing kids communicating and them doing most of the conversations. So I think that was one of the biggest things for teachers is it kind of kind of shocked them that they had to shift their mindset as well and I think having them step back and say what is my how does my teaching going to be changed based on these standards what do I need to do differently and I think one of the biggest things is, is they need to to understand why what, what are these standards and why am I teaching these standards and sometimes that wasn't always being done and I think for them one of the biggest shifts is them to realize that the kids can do this the kids the kids can be exposed to these things and they just need to kind of let go and watch it happen and and try to help them and maneuver things and do things in their classroom to help get through this but once they see that a kid can do it that's like the they're just taken aback teachers are and I think that's one of the you know the best things is they needed to they needed to see they have to see it first to realize that it can happen so they won't always believe if, if I, as an administrator, walk in and say, they can do this, let them try it. Until it actually happens, that's when they start believing, yes, my kids can do this. And these are rigorous standards, but our kids can meet these. Every kid can meet these. And it's just some take more support, but we have to make sure that we're giving that experience to everybody, like Chris said. Is it ever seen as a risk? If teachers love their kids, and, and teachers really do, I, I read something the other day, having a job as a teacher is the only job where you stay up at night worrying about other people's children. And that's very true uh, for, for teachers who love their students. Um, and it, it seems like taking that leap can be a big risk. It's a risk that, that teachers who f love their kids want to protect them. Mm -hmm. Part of sometimes pr protecting those kids means that they are very skeptical about mm -hmm. You know, national movements, the common core standards, the, you know, my kids aren't common, that kind of thing. Sometimes it seems like it's a difficult leap for teachers to make. It's well, a, it's ingrained in us. Like, we were taught very well that if we went outside their developmental level, we would hurt them and that they wouldn't learn and they would drop out of school. So it's a huge shift that we're asking teachers, we're, t we're asking them to change their philosophy, their philosophy from decades. So how were you able to do it? I guess I had really good leaders in my district, um, and I have to give them credit. When the standards came out, it was very important for them that we heard everything firsthand. So I heard about the standards from the authors, from videos of the authors. They brought people in. 
And I also knew that what I was doing wasn't working. I felt like I was beating my head against the wall. I went to every training. I did everything I was supposed to do. And my kids weren't performing. And I knew I wasn't doing the best I could do, but I didn't know. I worked very hard, but I wasn't doing enough. And I didn't know what else I could do. And when they, when they brought the standards to me, it just all made sense. I was doing too much work. And my kids weren't doing enough work. And they needed to be doing the work. That was the big shift for me. Lindsay, you're nodding. Is that, has that been a similar experience for you? Absolutely. I agree 100%. I feel like for me as a teacher and as an administrator, I think it was exactly what you said at the end there. Like we were doing all the work. And we needed to put some of that back on kids, not meaning that we aren't still working, meaning that we needed to have them apply the knowledge rather than us giving them that knowledge all the time. And so I think that was, you know, exactly what you said there was right on. As a teacher and as an administrator, I'm trying to help my teachers understand and believe that the kids can do it and that us as a teacher, um, we need to be the facilitator and the kids need to be doing that heavy, that heavy lifting of the work. Is there still a place for explicit instruction? Because I hear you talking about facilitation. Um, are there mm-hmm. are there times in early elementary school where you do have to do instruction explicitly? Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't know is that the standards call for that. There are language standards. There are foundational standards where we are going to teach them how to read and continue to keep helping them as long as they need it. But we're going to do that, and we're going to teach them knowledge, and we're going to get them into that complex text, however, whatever that means, and keep building that so that when they finally can read independently, they're ready to go. And I think that explicit instruction is a good modeling from the teachers at times. You know, fluently reading for kids, um, having them see what it looks like to, you know, or hear what it looks like to have a passage read to them so that they know when they have to do that, that they do it successfully. And, yeah, just building that explicit instruction into phonics and speaking and listening, you have to model those structures before you can have kids, you know, having productive discourse in your classroom. You need to model what does it look like to talk to somebody. So what's the vision for the next five years? Everyone just says it my way. Excellent. <laughs> wow. And and we're done. No. <laughs> Lindsay, what's your... Wow. What's, um, well, everyone um, just comes to my side of the table. Should I share my vision for my school? No, because I think we've stopped with Chris's vision. <laughs> yeah, I think my, Chris's vision is my vision at my school level. I think the vision, um, and I'll, I'll take this back to where I'm at. I'm a, a principal for the first year, and this vision is something that I see the next five years happening because I want my school to be that school, that school that is doing everything possible. So for me, it is making sure that, first of all, my teachers have been provided enough knowledge and professional development on everything in Common Core, the shifts, the standards, how to teach the standards, how to reflect on the standards, all of those different things. And I think that goes with a lot of professional development, that goes a lot of post-conferencing with teachers, that goes with a lot of feedback. But ultimately what we want is to see our students being successful. So I think in the next five years, I would like to see those practices my teachers are doing reflected in the classroom and the learning. So when I walk into a classroom, I see students collaborating. I see students digging into um, text, digging into hard math problems, being able to be successful with what they're doing and just be proud of themselves and know that they are reading something that they would maybe have never read before. I just think having kids love reading and and walk away just knowing that just because we have these standards doesn't mean we're giving away all the love for things that we do. So I think my next 
few years, the vision is to, we're going to move forward with these Common Core State Standards. We're not going backwards, I'll tell you that. But we're going to make sure that our students are ready, our staff is ready, and that I'm there to support them 100%. In the next five years, I see this movement growing. I see teachers understanding and embracing the standards. And as they do, our profession is building. So I think teachers, I hope, my vision, um, are going to start taking their profession back. And instead of us having to listen to the powers that be, the publishing companies, instead they'll start listening to us. Because I think this is the right place. The teachers are, they are the professionals. And these standards help us become those professionals. I think that's a great place to end.